Have you been out of the saddle for a little while and you're hoping that over the coming few weeks and months of the summer, you're going to be able to get back in and get back into regular riding that you're actually going to enjoy and not feel anxious and nervous and guilty and all of the things that we can feel about riding. If so, there is a summer special on the Returning to Riding program happening right now. And you can get all the details of that and pick up the program yourself that you can use over six weeks and beyond. Let's face it, not just for six weeks, hey? But you can use it over the next six weeks and beyond to get you back in the saddle, to get the basics onto autopilot and to do it in a way that's on your own terms. You can find all the details over at stridesforsuccess.com forward slash summer and I would love to help you with it okay here's the episode transitions into canter a couple of episodes ago I gave you an audio horse riding lesson episode 1195 one of the things we covered was a transition into canter and it seems like it hit a note and that there's quite a few people have an issue with said transition well here we go. Hi there, my name is Lorna Leeson and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast, the podcast for equestrians all over the world, helping you to have better conversations with your horse by helping you to simply ride better, to understand what's going on and giving you step-by-step approaches that you can use to, well, have clearer communication with your horse. And one of the times when this communication tends to go for a bit of a ball, okay, if it's going to, if there's going to be crossed wires, Transitioning into canter seems to be one of the spots where this is very likely to happen. And I want to help you with that this week. So as I mentioned, a couple of weeks ago, I created an audio horse riding lesson and there was a lot of people, but the lesson was actually about self-carriage and awareness in your body. But a lot of people reached out and they had said, listen, I'm struggling with the canter itself, getting into the canter and da 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 da, have you any more advice? So here we go. We're going to talk all about specifically creating space for better canter transitions with your horse. So first and foremost, we need to get clear on a couple of things, okay? What do you want and where do you want it? And I know that seems really, really basic, but so many riders are not clear on the transition itself. They don't really know what they want in that, do you want a good quality trot leading to an excellent quality canter? Are you happy with just getting into the canter? Do you want to canter on the correct lead? Is that your focus? What exactly is your focus, okay? If you are going into the canter, what do you want? Do you want to be able to feel when is the correct time to ask? We're talking about that next week. Do you want to be able to feel more about what you can do in order to get a cleaner transition? What is it you want? And then secondly, where do you want it to happen? Do you want it at a corner? If so, at a specific point in the corner? Are you happy from anywhere between two points on your arena? What is it? What do you want? As you begin to develop more, it is really important that you begin to get more accurate, that you, if you want, tighten things up a little bit, okay? I feel that when we are green and when we're kind of learning, there is a lot of wiggle room and wiggle room's good because sometimes, particularly when it comes to the canter and a young horse or a green horse, we need wiggle room to get into the canter, okay? It can be a bit hairy, those first few transitions. Let's be honest, okay? 
but over time we want to tighten that up and the only way we're going to tighten it up is if we the rider and that the person leading the conversation if we get really clear on what we want and where we want it okay so if you're working on your canter this week with your horse please 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 keep that in mind the next thing is i want you to think about using flexion like an indicator so you know an indicator on a car the the lights that you click the flashers that tell somebody else if you're going left or going right or you're going to pull over whatever it is you're going to do okay you need to think about flexion as being an indicator for your horse now obviously it does a lot more as well it helps to set things up and all that fun stuff but if you can just get to the point where it's an indicator get there first and then from there you can develop it further okay why do we want it to be the indicator well flexion makes you start getting really specific about what you're going to do and flexion is actually the one thing that so many novice riders forget about they just fail to tell their horse what they want <laughs> and it seems so basic but it's it, it's often the basics we forget isn't it they seem too basic but I want you to think about that think about flexion now you can use flexion flexion is something you can practice on the ground you can practice it when you ride you can practice it on the lunge flexion is where there isn't exactly bend through your horse's body so flexion and bend are different Bend is when it's all the way through your horse's body. So if you could imagine there was like an eye in the sky and it was looking down on you and your horse, that might seem a bit creepy. But if you just imagine that um, and you would be able to see this equal bend all the way through your horse's back. Now, flexion is more that there's just, a, I like to say, like a nod in a certain direction okay so there's just a little bit of a nod through your horse and wherever the flexion is so usually it's at the pole that you're going to ask for the flexion okay so it's just a little it's an indicator to that direction like a nod and a wink okay that's all it is to the direction it is not throughout the body it is far more subtle but it's really important and very often riders struggle with suppleness because they don't understand flexion so start there and if you want more information on that go over to the show notes of this episode i'll, I'll link to a couple of other episodes and um, so it's stridesforsuccess.com forward slash episode 1198 okay and i'll link to a few more there as well but um if you really and truly um can understand flexion and then begin as you're setting up your transition into the canter to understand how important flexion is with regards to that clean transition on the right or the correct lead. Let's not say the right lead. <laughs> that could be confusing to the left lead. No, um, on the correct lead, okay, whichever one you want, okay? Okay, from there, you want to then start thinking about positioning yourself, okay? And this was kind of what I wanted to get across in the previous episode that I'm kind of from the feedback from that I'm creating this episode. And so there was a lot of people when they position themselves to go into the canter, they tend to, they get confused really. And they think that they have to canter. No, you don't. No. You have to ask for the canter and then you have to let your horse canter and the only way you can do that seriously though is to really and truly think about your position and how you are positioning yourself in order to have the most clear possible aids that you can give your horse and in order to then give your horse space to transition into the canter. Canter often has this like this upward 
trajectory okay it's like it feels like it's going i often think if you could draw a line from from the tip of your horse's back hoof okay so the front of your horse's toe okay on the back to your horse's ear and kind of draw that diagonal upwards line that's a kind of how canter feels that's where the energy feels like it's going okay and um, when you're on your horse and very often what lots of riders do is they get in the way of that line and that causes then well it causes themselves and their horse to clash a little <laughs> there's a lot of energy trying to go to one spot and you get this horrible kind of a bounce okay it's kind of like well, hey and it, it, it really is not a comfortable transition into the canter but not only that it then you spend maybe the first five ten strides of canter trying to re-establish everything again okay Firstly, your balance, and secondly, then just the actual the the communication between yourself and your horse. If you can begin to understand that your position really counts as you transition into the canter, as you prepare for, and then as you transition, in order to give clear aids and to give your horse space to canter, you will have better transitions over time. It is going to take time because just like everything else in riding we tend to create habits and a lot of people tend to have a lot of bad habits around the canter you'll see a lot of people throwing themselves on the horse's inside shoulder and then wondering why their horse is not leading with the correct lead well he couldn't go anywhere you were in the place you were in the way okay so think about it you have to get really clear another thing a lot of riders do in the canter is they'll ask and then they pull back immediately they shut it down okay and whether they physically pull back using their hands and their reins or they shut down using their pelvis they shut the energy down but they're not allowing this energy to go forward so really really important to understand that your position leading up up to and also then through the transition itself is really really important in order to get a better canter transition okay okay now talking about all of that that all matters but none of that is going to really really come together the way you really want it to it they'll all help okay all those separate individual pieces will help one by one as you start stacking them on top of each other and improving your counter transitions they're going to help but what really ties it all together and brings it together for you is then to time the transition okay to ask at the correct time imagine somebody you're standing at the stove and you're cooking dinner okay and you're doing something and somebody asks you for the butter and I'm going to assume the butter is in the fridge okay and then they get really upset with you because you don't have the butter on the table in front of them like that and you're thinking but hold on I'm at the stove I'm not at the fridge I have to go over to the fridge get the butter bring it back to you and you're getting upset with me here like I I can't be in two places at once well we often do that to our horses (laughs) we ask for canter now and then we're asking at the wrong time and our horse just physically can't he's not able to how you'll notice this is when your horse gives the hop and the skip and the jump before he goes into canter have you ever felt that that you're on and, and you ask and it kind of goes and it's like he does a little bit of a jig and then he goes into the canter and that usually is now there can be other reasons but a lot of the time that's because the horse is not in the right place to actually make that clean transition into the canter for you and then because he's not in the right place he either 
does not respond or he gets all kind of jumbled up and he's like, oh, dear, oh, dear, dear. Okay, 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 I'm going to canter. And that's where you get then excessive tension coming into the into the transition as well. So being able to time it is really important. I strongly suggest coming back, walk to canter and working walk to canter to get the timing right. It slows things down in a way that you can begin to get really, really clear on everything and that you can begin to understand it as you go through it. Spending the time to get this right and to go through these basics and to work on this like one by one, as I said, it's all these different individual pieces that need to come together in order to get you that clean canter transition, the better canter transition, okay? It takes time and very often we're not willing to give it time, but I would suggest making like this to be a month's goal, okay? So a goal for this month. And if you go back to episode 1196, I kind of chat a little bit about it and I actually do suggest the counter transition. But if you were to do that, this would be a great a great way to work on it, okay? Um, and I would suggest doing that. And if you do want more help with your basics and with all of the things we spoke about today, things like flexion, bend, position, aids, all of that, I'm going to strongly suggest you go and you pick up returning to riding the program. It is on special right now for the summer. You can find out all the details over at stridesforsuccess.com forward slash summer. And not only that, you will also get the May episodes from Connection where I specifically speak about the walk to counter transition and using it to improve your self-carriage. I'm going to put it in there as a bonus in there now it'll be there for you if you're listening to this it's in there so join returning to riding it's in there for you and you can actually work through this and even if you're you're whoa lorna i'm not at that point great because that's what returning to riding is all about it's about putting the basics in your riding onto autopilot so that you and your horse can really and truly begin to move forward can't move forward and you're all the time looking at the basics and you're having to revisit them and, and focus on it and worry about it put it on autopilot put the correct ones on autopilot and move forward with your horse okay i'm gonna leave it at that have a great week keep well and i'll chat to you soon be good bye